You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta. We are back at it here at Hive Hoops 2023 edition coming at you. I'm going to go ahead and apologize up front. Recovering from the flu, came down with it New Year's Eve, Eve, New Year's Eve, one of the two. Starting feeling uh, better yesterday. Still not great, uh, but better. Enough to where I could walk. Uh, so, you know, we're going to try this again. Been watching a lot of basketball in that time frame. A lot of football during that time frame as well. But today's going to be more so of a rant. The Charlotte Hornets fall to 10-28 and 28 on the season. My gosh. After the Los Angeles Lakers come to town, and although things got semi-interesting towards the end of that game, the Los Angeles Lakers controlled that entire basketball game. This comes off the New Year's Eve beatdown from the Brooklyn Nets. Hottest team in basketball, right? But you hope to see a little bit more fight. You sh- You hope to see a little more concern. You know, you're playing against the best in the league you hope that the guys come out and fight and they just seem like they were looking to get home to a new year's Eve party. Something. It just wasn't pretty. Wasn't good. And so got to get to a few things here. You're not going to get many places as long as Mason Plumley is the best performer on your team on any nightly basis. Last episode, I was talking with the guys from Under Construction, and they had Mason Plumley as a top three Hornet on this roster this season. Top three. And we kind of talked about it, put out some clips and Got a lot of feedback from you guys, from the fan base, from tw- you know Hornets Twitter, different things. And since then, Mason Plumley has maybe not been a top three Hornet. He's possibly been a top two Hornet. And on some nights, he's been the top Hornet. Like last night. Now, if you look at the box score, you're going to see where... Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball kind of salvaged a poor night. Terry Rozier went on a scoring spree in the last two minutes of last night's game to make things interesting. Hornets were down 14 with two minutes to go. Cut it down to six, I believe. And that's because Terry Rozier decided to be the scary Terry version that we've seen in recent years. Not the one that we've seen this year, where he just keeps bricking wide open shots or dribbling too much and waiting for a defender instead of just pulling up in mid-range when he's open. And so if you look at the box score, it looks like Terry Rozier had a pretty good night. If you look at the box score, it looks like LaMelo Ball had a pretty good night. Nearly shot 50%, 9 of 22 from the field. Went over 20 points again. Five-plus assists and rebounds. 
But when you really watch the game and you look at the totality of the game, it's just ugly, man. Just ugly. LaMelo Ball seems to have regressed defensively. And I didn't know how that was going to happen under Steve Clifford with the added attention to detail on the defensive side. I thought that he would get better. He has those instincts. We've talked about this before on this podcast. He has those defensive instincts that not many players have. They have to work hard. They have to do those things in order to put themselves in the right position. A lot of times, LaMelo just, he has those defensive instincts that puts him in the right spot. And then if he could, on top of that, work hard, get down in a stance and slide with his opponent, with the player across from him, he could be an average defender. Because he's got the length, he's ha- he has the size. But to see a regression defensively under Steve Clifford is worrisome. I I don't know how many people foresaw something like this occurring. I know I didn't. Because there were times last year, you go back to that Boston Celtics game late last season, where LaMelo Ball was clamping Jason Tatum. And it's like, okay, so he does have it. It's just when is he going to tap into it? Oh, Steve Clifford's going to tap into it. He's he's going to open that up. He's going to open up that part of LaMelo's game, and he's just going to take off from there. But no, the dumb fouls continue. Getting blown by, it doesn't matter who has the ball in their hands. LaMelo Ball is going to get beat off the dribble. And then what's he going to do? He's going to reach in. He's going to try to slap the ball away, which often leads to more dumb fouls. He's going to try to poke from behind. He's going to try to get it to go off their knee. Or like last night, he's just going to run into the back of Austin Reeves multiple times and commit the exact same foul where he gets up underneath him, trailing him. Got to stay in front of Austin Reeves, man. This team needs more from their all-star. You know, LaMelo, LaMelo Ball is the best player on the Charlotte Hornets team. He is the... Call it what you want, but he's the one thing that keeps Charlotte Hornets fans hopeful because you see what he does on the offensive end. He just opens the game up for teammates. He makes things so much easier for everyone. Since he's come back, Hornets are number one in pace. Just completely changed the outlook of the Charlotte Hornets offensively. But defensively, he's got to get better. He has to. This team deserves more from him defensively. And no, that shouldn't take away from his offensive game. It's not one of those things. There have been players all throughout the history of the NBA who have been great offensive players and average defensive players. He doesn't have to be a lockdown, just tenacious defender. He just needs to be able to keep a guy in front of him. 
not get beat, and then all of a sudden the Hornets are on the scramble drill trying to make up for LaMelo Ball getting beat off the dribble. This team needs better from him. He knows it. He's even, I got to give it to him. He's even admitted, he went to social media and he was liking people's tweets. He was commenting back, saying how he's got to be better. Not last night. This was over the holiday break. I can't remember which game it was. It was when he went like 6 of 23 from the field. It was just ugly. Can't remember what game that was. But even, I got to give it to him. He's had a little bit of self-accountability in those regards. LaMelo Ball has to be better. Terry Rozier, like I said, he had a good last two minutes last night, but the the other 38 were underwhelming. I mean, my goodness. Terry Rozier is missing shots that he's never missed before. That whole trade value thing, now I know there's a lot of people on the trade Terry Rozier train. Um I've kind of come over to that side in recent weeks. The Hornets are 10 and 28 now. This season is over. There's no salvaging this season. None. This season is over. And so trading your best trade asset that you're willing to give up and moving him and getting some pieces in return sounds pretty good. And Terry Rozier is that guy. But then, Terry Rozier hasn't even been playing well lately, which isn't giving teams the confidence to probably give their best package that they would have been willing to give over the summer or towards the beginning of the season. Which is frustrating because Terry Rozier was supposed to be that guy that could be added to any roster, any contender. You insert him into the rotation And he's going to hit multiple threes for you a game. He's going to come in and he's going to be a microwave scorer, either off the bench or a great option in the starting five where he's hitting those shots routinely. Because he, over the past few seasons, has been one of the greatest three-point shooters in the NBA. He's been one of the best. But then all of a sudden this season... That's regressed quite a bit. Now, if you look at his numbers, his scoring totals are still up there with where they have been. But the shot attempts, the decisions, the hero ball at the end of the game, and I've I've addressed that before too. I don't I don't hate on it that much. Whenever the Hornets were missing what six seven guys, who else did you want taking those shots? You know, did he force them a few times? Yeah maybe even more than a few times. But who else did you want taking those shots? So, Terry Rozier. I mean, had a good last two minutes, but dang, man. Need more from you as well. So at least we can get that first-round pick, you know what I'm saying? Gordon Hayward. Oh, boy. Gordon Hayward exits last night's game against the Los Angeles Lakers with yet another injury. Sore quad. A sore quad in the fourth quarter. Get 
Gordon Hayward the hell off of the Charlotte Hornets. Get him out of here. He airballed a layup. Wide open layup. Patrick Beverly was the closest defender. Didn't even jump with him. I mean, maybe not airballed because he hit the backboard. But he missed the rim. He didn't even hit the rim. He was standing there. It's the drill when you're four or five years old and the coach throws you the ball and you just bank it off the square. They say hit the square. Bro missed all of the square. Didn't even touch the square. Get him out of here. Another injury. Another poor performance. I am so tired of Gordon Hayward's ass here in Charlotte. I am so tired of this guy. This is where the rant really kicks in, everybody. Coming at you hot. <laughs> oh, man. Made me have a cough and fit. This Gordon Hayward talk. I'm so tired of him. Not being available when this team just needed one win out of the final seven games two seasons ago to have home court in the play-in. Missing nine weeks last season at the end of the year. Not playing in the play-in game. Not playing in any of those games down the stretch, which could have elevated the Hornets to a seven seed. This season, multiple more injuries. Guy's been out three times already. And then when he is in, he hasn't been good. Everybody's always been able to say, yeah, I mean, his injuries, they're not ideal. But when he is available, he's good for the Charlotte Hornets. He plays well. He can't even say that anymore. Can't even say that Gordon Hayward, when he's healthy and available, that he's good anymore. What is going on? Eight points last night on two of nine shooting. No rebounds. Three assists. Shot 22% from the field. Against the Nets. Two points. Three rebounds, three assists. He shot 14% from the field. Zero percent from three. Game before that, zero percent from three. Game before that, 28 percent from three. Game before that, zero percent from three. Just not good enough. And he's never been good enough. That's the thing. Like people want to make those excuses. They want to say, oh, but he's he's been good for the Charlotte Hornets. He's been good for the locker room. He's been good for this. He's been good for that. Well, it hasn't resulted into anything. So say what you want to say. This is another bad contract for the Charlotte Hornets. They reached on an injured, aging star, and it backfired. I was down on this move day one. I was in the car when this information 
when Woj dropped this information and it came out, I was irate. My wife was looking at me like I was a madman. Couldn't believe that we just paid Gordon Hayward what we paid him. Four years. And if we tried to trade him, all of a sudden there's a 15% trade kicker on top of it. Just an awful deal that has never, ever worked out for the Charlotte Hornets. And it never will. Because I know I just said, I want him the hell off this team. But who's going to take him? Nobody wants Gordon Hayward. He can't stay healthy. And then now when he's playing, he's not even good enough to give you anything. Nobody's giving away assets to add Gordon Hayward. The Charlotte Hornets would have to take on another bad contract because you got to make the money match. 30 mil, you can't just throw 30 mil on another team and then not have to send you anything in return. No one's sending an expiring back that's worth 30 mil. Maybe they could add a couple guys. But I mean, you guys look out there and you see and you tell me what's out there that a team would be willing where it would be advantageous for the Charlotte Hornets to accept said deal. Because I'm just not seeing it. I'm not. Gordon Hayward hasn't shot over 42% in the last five games. He's shooting 42% on the season. 30% from three. What may be the worst 76% from the free throw line. All of his percentages are down. His assist numbers, down. Points, down. Everything's down. And it's not going to just magically go up. The dude can't stay healthy. He can't produce. I've seen a lot of this Gordon Batum talk, right? Been a lot of people talking about Gordon Batum. And I agree with them. There is a world where the argument could be made that Nicholas Batum did more for the Charlotte Hornets than Gordon Hayward has. uh, So Nick Batum gets all of this hate, right? Quit on the team, sleeping on the bench, completely out of the rotation in his next to last year in the deal before the Charlotte Hornets stretched him to add Gordon Hayward. So people are always like, no, stop making the comparisons between the two. No, they're always going to be connected. Those are the last two major deals that the Charlotte Hornets have signed players to, right? Those are the last two biggest deals that the Charlotte Hornets have signed players to. And then the Charlotte Hornets had to stretch one of them in order to sign the other. So you can't have one without the other. They are forever tied in Charlotte Hornets folklore. Forever. But the argument could be made that Nick Batum did more for this franchise than Gordon Hayward has. Nick Batum averaged 15, 6, and 6 on a 48-win team that had the Charlotte Hornets one win away from a second-round appearance. 
in the playoffs. Has Gordon Hayward done that? $30 million man, he should be able to elevate this team a decent bit, right? But he hasn't done that. And you can say, yeah, well, that that Hornets team, Big Al, Kimba, Lynn, Lee. Well, wow, those are just massive names, aren't they? Yeah. Your basic average NBA fan just really remembers Courtney Lee. Like, come on. Come on. The deal was awful. The fact that we are still paying Nick Batum and that we're getting this version of Gordon Hayward is pathetic. And this is the big stain on Mitch Kupchak during his tenure for the Charlotte Hornets. That deal. That deal has held this team back. And I don't want to hear about what he's done in the locker room. Like, I just really don't. I don't. Because it hasn't it hasn't turned into wins. And then when you do see him on the bench, it's hard to believe that he's just done so much in the locker room when on the bench, when he's in street clothes, he doesn't say a word to anybody. You can watch him the entire game. He's standing in the back. Maybe he's done some stuff in the locker room. I don't know. But what he's showing out front when he's on the bench during an actual game, when adjustments need to be made, when things need to be done, he's not doing anything. He's not taking the young guys under his wing and leading. Just keeps getting injured. Keeps underperforming. Keeps getting paid $30 million. Ready for this guy to be off the team. There's nobody to take him. Thanks for coming to my rant. Thanks for listening to this first episode of Hive Hoops in 2023. Looking forward to a big year with you guys. Happy 2023. Adios. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops. Presented by The League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from Hive Hoops.